It says God's promise of the entering into his rest still stands. You know what that means? That means when God said to Israel, Israel, because even when they came out of um, the Egypt, they were supposed to enter into a rest with God, a place with God. And not only did it go from there, but it went to the church, the new believing church. But it all, not only went from the church in the book of Acts, but it still stands for the church of today. It still stands. Hallelujah. So we ought to tremble with fear that some of us might fail to experience it. Isn't that sad that sometimes the promises of God that are for all of us, sometimes we don't obtain it because of where we're at in our life, that we, we, we fail to enter in to the promise of God. If you look at chapter 3, it talks about how they... Um, they did not enter in. One thing that stopped them from entering, um, and it's not on the board, but if you go in your Bible in chapter 3, verse 12, it says this. Be careful then, dear brothers, sisters. Make sure that your own hearts are not evil with unbelief. You know that it's evil to not believe God? We just sang how great God is, did we? Did you feel the presence of God as we sang that song? Did you start thinking about just the things that God has done for us? And God has done for the world, and God has done for the church, and God has done for the Israelites. Think about it. The greatest captivity, 400, over 400 years under a powerful regime. God splits the sea and says, go on home, guys, and I'm going to take you out. Did you think about how awesome God was, how great he is? Well, sometimes, because of we've seen how much God is, then when we disbelieve, our doubt becomes a greater sin. See, it's different if somebody never heard of God, don't know nothing about God, says, I just doubt him. God ain't holding that, God, God ain't hating on you. He's not holding you back for that. But what is hard is when we who have experienced God, as we've seen God transform our lives, as we, we've seen God do miracles in our family or miracles in the church or miracles in our body or miracles in our nation, as we see miracles done throughout the whole book of Acts, and then we doubt, guess what that becomes? A very devastating sin. Because after seeing and knowing and then still doubting, that was the problem with Israel. They got splitted through the Red Sea. God did miracle signs to the Pharaoh, hardened his heart just so he could show himself strong. And split the Red Sea, they walked on dry ground and entered through the Red Sea to the promised land. And then at the same time, they became weak in faith and did not trust God after seeing all that. Some of you might say, well, if I saw that, I would not doubt him. Would we? A lot of times, we, we still, I don't know about you, I doubt him sometimes all the time. And I'll, when I doubt him, all I do is I do like our sister said, when I don't see, I believe him. When it seems like I can't hear him, I still worship him. Because I know that he is, he is, he is, one thing God cannot do is lie. If he said it in the Bible, it's going to happen. So anyway, this, in verse, I'm, and I'm going back to uh, chapter 3, verse 12. It says, be careful. It says that your hearts are not evil and unbelieving, turning you away from the living God. You must warn each other every day while still, while it is still today, 
And today is the day we can enter in. And, and, and it says, and not to be deceived by, the hard, uh, by sin and harden our heart against God. And it said, because they did that, they did not enter in. They, their disbelief stopped them from going in. You know, promises mean nothing. The Word of God is so full of many promises, isn't it? I don't know about you, but I stand on the Word of God. We used to sing, standing, standing, standing on the promises of God, my Savior. Aren't you glad I'm not the worship leader? <laughs> Somebody said, no, I like it. Okay. God bless you. God bless you. Pray for her hearing. But we used to sing about standing on the promises of God. Promises are accurate. They're thorough. They're sure. They're yay and amen. There is no no to his promises. But promises without faith become worthless. It has to be mixed with faith. It has to be mixed with belief. It has to be mixed with truth. It has to have belief. Because if you don't believe in God, we're in trouble. There's times when we have doubt, like the father with his daughter. He said, he said Jesus said, do you think I could do that? I know you could do it, but I, I believe. But can you help my unbelief? It's all right to have some doubts here and there. I'm not talking about doubt. Because God knows that we're in a frail frame. And sometimes the enemy comes and attacks. And he pulls a cloud over our, our mind and our heart. And we doubt de desperately. Even John the Baptist doubted when he was in the midst of his trial. You remember he was in jail? He said, go and see if, and ask Jesus if he's really the one. After he's seen the, the, the dove descend upon him. After he has spoken the word of God, said, this is my son who I'm well pleased. But during the prison time of his state, knowing that he could possibly be, die and he ended up beheaded, he said, go and tell him. And Jesus said, just tell him what I'm doing. God's word is true. I'm healing the sick. I'm raising the dead. I'm casting out demons. And just don't even worry about that. Just remember where I brought you from. Hallelujah. Just bring your faith back. Click it back on and say, I'm going to trust God and I'm going to believe God in his word today. Hallelujah. Y'all want to believe God today? I want to enter in. I don't want no, no wicked heart of disbelief. And, and not only does it become wicked, it says that the unbelieving heart uh, makes it wicked, but also it becomes deceitful. Because when sin enters our heart, it becomes heart and it deceives us and it tricks us and it keeps us from the promises of God. I don't know about you, there is a rest for the people of God. And God wants to rest and relax and trust in him. Hallelujah. So I'm back to uh, verse 4. You could go back to chapter 4. That's just a little prelude, you know, kind of just going in there, doing further, you know, whatever. You know, we go for it every once in a while, so. Okay. So it said, he said, to tremble with fear that some of them might not make it. He said, God has prepared this rest. Who, who prepared it? God prepared a rest. Let me tell you something. When God prepares something, it's going to be nice. It's going to be sweet. It's going to be tight. It's going to be off the chain. Now, anybody who doesn't understand that, those are all good words to say it's really, really good. It's very, very nice because when God prepares something, he does a good job. Hallelujah. And he says, prepare this rest that has been announced to us as it was to them. 
talked about the new church. But the, it did them no good because they didn't share their faith of those, and, and um, they didn't share their faith, the faith of those who listened to God. In other words, they weren't mixing the promises they were hearing. They didn't mix it with faith. Without faith in the ingredients, we go nowhere. The Bible says this in the same book. It says, it says, it says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Anybody want to please God in here? I don't know about you. That's my prayer every day. Lord, let me please you. Let me honor you. He says, without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that comes to him must believe that he is and that he's what? A rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Sometimes I wonder when people say, I don't seek God, I'm like, then do you believe who God is? Do you know that he's going to reward you? Do you know that there's benefits? There's benefits in his promise. you know you can enter in the rest if you seek and love and serve God? Hallelujah. And so he said, he said, but in my anger, check this out. Am I out there? That's verse 4, 3. Okay. For, for only we who believe can enter in the rest. For as the others, God said, in my anger, I took an oath that they will never enter into my place of rest. Isn't that sad? God, he was ticked off. He was so mad because he, the thing that made him mad, God could get angry. You know he could get away with it? You shouldn't be angry, God. <laughs> Come on. God could do anything. He could laugh over his enemies. He could be angry. He could be kind. He could be anything. Because God is God, and he does it well. You know, it's just like a bumper sticker says, I'm the mom. That's why. Need a big bumper sticker. God is God. That's why. Can't nobody change his mind. I mean, we could talk to him, and he, we, could, we, could, we could move God's hand by praying and seeking his face, but he doesn't have to do anything, but he's so kind to us, isn't he? And pulls us out of nasty situations. It builds us up and gives us hope. And so it says that uh, he, um, they will never get a rest, even though the rest has been ready since, the, since he made the world. Verse 4, it says, we know that it is ready because the place, the scriptures where it mentioned the seventh day, and on that seventh day, he rested from all his works. But in other passages, he said, they will never enter in my rest. Wow. Think about it. You know that even God took a rest? I mean, he, he made the whole world. He did all this stuff. And then on the seventh day, he said, look, I'm chilling on this day. I'm just my hangout time. I'm just going to relax. That's why it's kind of disappointing how the Sabbath day isn't honored anymore. You notice that? Almost everything happens on the Sabbath. Got basketball practice, got football practice, got every kind of game, you got work, you got all these things on the Sabbath. Back in the day, it used to be, if you went downtown Portland back in the day, I'm talking way back, on a Sunday, it'd be rare that anything would be open because they honored the Sabbath. Well, God says, look, you know, like, um, one time I was on a job doing a job, uh, um, I was doing a, a, a road trip, doing plastering in Philadelphia, and they told me, uh, we're working Sunday. I said, I ain't. They said, why? I said, 
This is this Sunday. I ain't working. I mean, I was working 14, 15 hours a day. I said, I'm not working. And they said, why? I said, well, if God takes a break, I need one. And they got mad at me. They didn't like the idea, but they said, this is what you got to do. Well, who's going to pay for the hotel that time? Well, I'm surely not going home, driving back to Philadelphia one day. So take the Sabbath. That's a Sabbath day. And then it says in verse 6, it says this, God rested God rests is for the people to enter in, but for those who first heard this good news, failed to enter in because they disobeyed God so that God set another time for entering in his rest. And that time is today. 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 You can enter in the rest of God. Today. Somebody say today. Come on. Uh, one thing I like about God, sometimes he just does things today. You don't wait till tomorrow. You don't wait for 500 years. He said, today we can enter in his rest. And today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. Today, God can do it today. Hallelujah. And God announced that through David much later in words already quoted, that today, when you hear his voice, and harden not your heart. You know, God is moving in a sovereign way throughout the earth. Uh, we were at the uh, convention. It was just amazing how they were talking about how you could just see the hands of God throughout the world, and not only throughout the world, but actually in America, because America is almost the last place because we've fallen so short many a times of the glory of God that it seems like the miracles and the signs and wonders don't happen, but guess what? They happen everywhere because God is moving today in a very special way throughout the world. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You know, and, and I don't know if you got it like when we even talked about um, this morning um, uh, the Condoleez family. We have a new Condoleez family here for the first time. Did you know that? Did you understand that? Another family heard about our church through the Condoleez people. They have seven kids, a grandma and a mom and dad, and they want to come to our church. Come on now. God is moving in a supernatural way inside this place. You know, I thought I had a big vision. I thought my vision was pretty big, and we had a missionary, um, not a missionary, we called him a missionary, but actually he was just a pastor in Vietnam. He was a very good brother. Uh, we, how many got to go to that luncheon? Some of you went to the luncheon. Wasn't that great? Just a humble man, a good man. And um, he was in prison two times for five years for the gospel. But if you look at it, the way he talked and the way he acted, he was just full of meekness and humility, loving God and just sharing God. And I, I went up to him to just talk to him. And the first thing he told me, he pointed at me, he goes, you need to enlarge your vision. I was like, What? And he was smiling. He was laughing. I was like, man, the Holy Spirit's telling him something that I didn't know. I was like, God, you mean you sent somebody all the way from Vietnam to come here and tie our fire room over there and tell us that our vision needs to be enlarged? Well, somebody said, look at God. Look at God moving 
in a powerful way. I don't think we could even think about what God's going to do when he's continuing to do what he's doing. If we stay faithful in prayer, stay faithful to him, and rest in him, we can believe that God's going to do outstanding things. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Verse 10, it says, as, it says, for all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors just as God did after creation of the world. So let us do our best. Why not give us our best shot? Why not give, us, give God our best sacrifice? God don't want leftovers. You know, sometimes leftovers is good. If it's my mom's uh, spaghetti, it's better the next day. But most of our leftovers, for God, he's he not into it. He wants a fresh sacrifice. He wants fresh commitment. He wants us to do our best. It said, pray for each other every day that we enter in for this rest. And he said, do our best to enter in. And then when he, when he quoted that scripture of David, it was Psalms um, 95. And I, I, just, I don't have it on the chart here, but I want to read it because... I think it was kind of a thread throughout our, um, our worship service. And, and also I wanted to say that Tiffany and John are here, and I was going to let you talk, but it just didn't happen. We're going to get them to do some slides next week. Why don't you stand up for a second and just look at their beautiful shirts that they got from Kenya. Look it up. And we're so glad that they made it, they served God, and they... They are here safely, and we can't wait to see uh, some slides and things that they did. So thank you so much for doing that for the kingdom of God. But I want to just say this, this verse real quick. I'll try and read it real quick. It says this, Psalms 95. It says, come, let us sing to the Lord. That's what we're doing. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come to him with thanksgiving. Let us sing psalms of praise to him. For the Lord is a great God, a great king above all gods. He holds in his hands the depths of the earth. The mightiest mountains and the sea belongs to him, for he made it. His hands formed the dry land too. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord God, our maker. Hallelujah, for he is our God and we are his people where he watches over us the flock with his care only if you will listen to him his voice and this is where we get the today david said if you only we will listen to his voice today say today god speak to us today hallelujah and harden not our hearts it says as as they did at mabareth and they did at massa which is the two names in the wilderness, when they were going through a hard time, what happened is the Israelites needed water, and they said, what, are we going to die? Are our animals going to die because we don't have water? And so they named these names, and one name means to murmur or to complain during the process. God wants us to hold our peace and to trust him and to believe him in every move that he makes in our lives and in our church. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He says, for the, your ancestors tested me and tried my patience, even though they saw everything I did. For 40 years, I was angry with them, he said. And the people's hearts turned away from me. They refused to, to do what I tell them. And in my anger, I took the oath. I will never let them enter in the rest. 
but today. Come on now. God's not angry with us. God is trying to get us to understand and to believe him and to trust him and to believe him for the impossible, to believe him for the miraculous, to believe him for the awesome things that God can do. Hallelujah. But we have to enter in his rest. And one way to enter in his rest, in Matthew 11, he talks about his rest several times. In, in, Josh, in Jeremiah uh, 6, uh, 13, it says that, um, you don't have to go there, but it, I want you to go to Matthew um, eleven twenty-eight. But in Joshua, it says this, that God said, seek the old path. Go back the old way. Sometimes it's all right to go back to old school. All right? The old path of righteousness, of believing God, and then he said, You will find rest to your soul. Hallelujah. And that rest is a place of peace, tranquility, um, recreation. It's a place of awesomeness where God is in the midst of it. Hallelujah. Let's go to Matthew um, 11 28. Y'all here, still here? Get mighty quiet in here. I guess I'll have to jump off the stage and do a flip or something. My, by the way, my, my um, nerve is getting better. Last week I was kind of like this, but today I'm feeling better. But I'm not going to, you know, try to hurt myself. Unless y'all want to pray for me and lay hands on me and all that kind of stuff. It's okay. But G this is in the New Living Translation. It says, Jesus said this, come to me, and um, if you could... Um, yeah, come to me, all of, all of you. Who? Who does he want to come to him? All of us. Who's weary and carrying a heavy burden, and I will give you rest. Hallelujah. I think it's just awesome that God even invites us. What an honor to even be invited by God. You know, he could have said, oh, you guys over here, maybe you over there. Nah, not that one. Oh, I, I pick. No, he didn't say that. He said, come to me, all that's heavy laden. The invitation is for all of us. And he said, though they're weary and carrying a heavy burden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and let me teach you. Aren't, isn't it awesome that God wants to teach us that he's willing to take time as we be in the presence of the Lord, he's going to teach us as he goes. He says, take my yoke upon you. I remember when I first read this scripture, I was like, take a yoke upon you? Does that mean get an egg and break it or something? Because I, I wasn't, um, I wasn't uh, brought up in the farmland where we all know what a yoke is. I thought it, I was a city guy. I think a yoke, man, it's the only thing I got is medium or, you know, overturned over or whatever. We get a yoke. So, I, you know, I had to look it up, going to concordance and stuff, and look it up in the scriptures. And we all know what a yoke is, right? Can we get to that, maybe that picture of that yoke? There should be a picture on there of a yoke. Oh, there's a yoke. There's no yellow involved. But look in that, that yoke. You see that part right there and that part right there? A yoke is made for ox or for um, cattle to do work, right? 
It ain't for pleasure, even though we can have pleasure. But he said, take my yoke upon you. And you know what? The thing is, is the thing about the yoke, it takes a submission. Once you get your head in there, you're in trouble. You're either going to be blessed or you're going to work whether you like it or not. You're going to be turning. If Jesus turns right, you're going to turn right. If Jesus turns left, you're going to turn left. The yoke is easy, but guess what? When you let Jesus, because our head goes in this, but this side, Jesus is there. He's going to lighten our load. He's going to make it easy for us. God doesn't give us a yoke to get out of work, but he gives us a yoke to make work easy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. Let me finish that. Keep that picture up there, though. And it says that his yoke, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle in heart. You know, God was humble. A lot of times we think of humility and we think humility is all wimpy, kind of weak. But humility is really a controlled strength. He had the power and the authority to do anything he wants. But he humbled himself because his head was in the yoke and God is pulling it and leading him and directing him that he was humble enough and controlled his strength and went wherever God wanted him to do. But we have to submit to the authority of God. A lot of us want to just do the Christian thing without the yoke part. First of all, they don't want to work. Well, nobody wants to work. We do, but some people just don't want to work. And some people just don't want to yield to the authority of Christ. And what is that? That's where you say, God, I surrender my life to you. You said, take my yoke upon you, learn of you, for you're meek and lowly in heart, and I'm going to follow you wherever you want me to go. Look at that. And it says, he was humbled and gentled in heart, and he said, you will find rest to your souls, for my yoke is easy, to bear and my burden will give you light. I like, I like um, other translations a lot of times will clarify that because that word rest is a powerful word in the, in the Bible. It's not just sleeping, taking it easy, but there's different places that it helps you. Like uh, I'm going to read the amplified version right now. It says this, come to me all who labor and heavy laden and overburdened and I will cause you to rest. If you put your head in the yoke, if you let God, God take authority over your life, he's going to not only suggest it, but he's going to cause you to make your ride a lot easier. He says, I will ease and relieve and refresh your soul. How's that sound? Anybody want to have an ease and refresh in your soul? That's a pretty good deal. That's a real good deal. He said, I'll ease and refresh. He said, take my yoke upon you. Learn of me, for I'm gentle, meek, and humble, and lowly in heart. And you'll find rest to ease and refresh and recreation and be blessed and quiet for your soul. I looked up that word in the, um, in the Greek, and it actually has one of the um, uh, meanings of it is recreation. Is that crazy? You could be working your tail off. Forgive me, Lord, if I'm cussing in the air. You could be working so hard 
But at the same time, because God's yoke is easy and God's yoke is light, that it can actually become fun and recreation. It's like going in the park, just swinging the batter, shooting basketball. You might, like if you're, if you're in the basketball and you're playing basketball, you might be sweating, running up and down the court, and you're huffing and puffing. But guess what? You're having fun because it's recreation to you. If you could get, if we can enter in that rest that God has promised for us, it could be a place of serving God with all our heart and with all our works and be at a place of where this is relaxing. This is recreation. Hallelujah. That's a blessing. That's a blessing. That's why Paul in, in uh, chapter 15 of Corinthians, he said, he said, I do more than them all, but not I, but the grace, because I found that place that rests in God, but the grace that works in me is what's doing it. And he wasn't like tired. He wasn't, he wasn't, you know, was he physically tired? Yes, but he was in a place of contentment, a place of quietness, a place of refreshment, and a place of, of just recreation. Some people get recreation playing the game. Some people get recreation just watching TV, man. If you could, there's a place in God where you could just have a permanent wreck just seeking his face. How's that sound? Don't sound too good, are you, Brother Bentley? You could, you could be serving him with all your heart, but you have such a, a place of rest knowing that his yoke is easy, his burden is light, and I'm not in this by myself. He's in it with me. Hallelujah. Let's look at the, uh, the Message Bible. I love the Message Bible way it says it. Are you tired? Anybody tired? Go ahead. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Mm. That's where burnout comes, when we do things in our own self without Christ. When we don't have him carrying the load with us. Are you burnt out on religion? You say, Brother Andrew, you can't get burnt out on religion. Oh, yeah, you can. Oh, yeah, you can. Do you know that pastors are falling off the, off the grid? Many churches, you know, down, down in Portland, there's, there's churches that are now McMinimums selling tater tots instead of preaching the gospel because they get weary. They get beat down. Because they have not entered into the rest of God. Hallelujah. If we enter in the rest of God, you won't grow weary in well-doing. Because you'll know in due season you shall reap if you don't faint. And then it says, it says that not only um, uh, you'll get away with me, you will recover your life. I will show you how to make a real rest and how to walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythm of his grace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's an unforced rhythm. It's where it comes natural. I don't, you know, when I first got saved, I, was, I didn't just start telling people because you need to tell people about Christ. I was just happy. I just felt like telling people. Well, did I read the Bible? You better read the Bible because if you don't, you're going to hell. No, I read the Bible because I want to know more about Jesus, man. He turned my life around. He took an alcoholic and made him sober. 
He took the things that I was trying all my life to get rid of, and he said, boom, I can do it in a minute, bro. Put your head in my yoke. We're going places. Hallelujah. Trust in me, and you'll find a rest. You'll have a place that it's almost, not it's so much enjoyment and so much quietness that you'll actually be in recreation, bro. And it's been a wonderful ride. Almost 40 years of serving the Lord. Hallelujah. And it doesn't get tiring. It gets more exciting. Because we enter in the rest of God. Hallelujah. And I know some of you have experienced this, but I believe that God's calling people today to enter in. To surrender. Not my will, but thy will be done. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Not to try and do everything and toil and do all the things that we do. Burn out on religion. He said, get away and, and you will recover your life. I'll show you to take real rest. Walk with me and work with me and watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythm of grace. I won't lay any heavy or ill-fitted thing on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn how to live freely and lightly. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at God. You know, that's the only scripture that talks in the gospel. Matthew talks about it. That's the only place that it talks about that. But that's one of the most beautiful words ever spoken to mankind. And it's an it's a invitation to enter into the rest of God. Hallelujah, the promises of God, the anointing of God, the presence of God. Well, you got to do whatever you want. You end up wanting to do it because you're loving and thankful what you do, but there's times where you'll just be going because God says, I'm trying to take a left. I'm going to stop right now. I'm going to move right now. I'm going to love right now. Hallelujah. Let's stand. There's a rest for the people of God. God doesn't want us to toil over religion. God doesn't want it to be, well, I got to go to church or I got to pray or I got to witness or I got to give tithe. It's not about that. It's about resting in Jesus Christ, learning him and knowing him and following him and surrendering, giving him the authority over our life. I know that word authority is almost a bad word nowadays. People are like, I don't want nobody in charge of me at all. Well, guess what? You better get let God be in charge because he's a good master. Because you can't serve two, but there is one that will teach you, will treat you good. The Bible says, you know, um, you know I think about the, um, that commercial that says you're in good hands with all state. Well, guess what? You're in better hands with God, ain't you? And there's no deductibles. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's, let's just... Um, if the musician will come, let's just spend a little time in prayer and just say, God, we want to experience the rest that you have for us. He doesn't want us to be weary and all burned down, being all religious and worn out. And God wants us just to love him and to serve him, but it's a 100% commitment. And it's kind of scary sometimes to surrender, say, Lord, I'm surrendering. I know I love you. I know I've, I've been serving you. But I want to enter in the rest that you have for us today.
in Jesus' name. I want to enter in the rest that you have for us today. A rest for my soul. He said you'll find rest even to your very soul. A rest in the middle of a storm? Yes. I believe Jesus was resting so good that in the storm on the boat, remember he was just laying there sleeping during the storm. He's like, why? What do I got to worry about? This is almost recreation for me. Watch God move now. Let's see what he's going to do. You might be in that place, that hard place in your life today where you say, I can't see out of the tunnel. I can't see the answer right now, but I believe that there's a rest in you, God, and I want to enter in that rest today. I want to trust you and believe you with all my heart. Hallelujah. Let's just raise our hands to the Lord, or you can kneel, whatever you want to do, but I just want to say a quick prayer, but I want us to say, God, Father, in the name of Jesus, help us not to toil on our own works, not to do our own thing, Father. I pray, God, in the name of Jesus, you'll give us rest in our very soul, God. God, that we would not have the sinful heart of doubt and unbelief. Father, you showed me today that there were still people in our church sitting on the wall of doubt. Father, I pray that they would come down from that wall today and then say, Father, just take me, use me, help me, Father God, to live for you, to work for you. Yes, the yoke means labor, it means work, but God, what a blessing, what an honor. There's no greater plow than to put our hands to the plow with you and to know that you're with us and lead us. I pray, God, in the name of Jesus, you'll help every single one of us just surrender it all to you, Father, and find that place, that peace, that rest. And that, that we would lay down those burdens that are unnecessary, those unnecessary yokes that people try to lay on us or, or even our own self. Sometimes we put ourselves under the law. I pray that you'll give us freedom even today. You'll free us up, Father God, for your glory, God. We need you, we trust you, we believe you. Thank you for you said, my people, there is a rest for them today. I pray, God, in Jesus' name that you do a supernatural work in all of our hearts today. Draw us with a powerful drawing. You said, no man comes to you except the Father draw him. Draw us today to that place of rest, Father. We thank you, God. We give you the glory in Jesus' name. And everybody say Amen. Go in peace and go in rest. Chill while you're doing it. Amen.